Coming up on this episode of Whiskey Wednesday. What events are held over the three days? I, I honestly, it's just like preaching. You just, yeah, it's not preaching, right. but it sounds like there's shoe houses, BJJ stuff, preaching. What, what's to expect over the three days? Soon it's going to be a CrossFit game. It's a SWAT, it sounds like. No doubt. Hey, no doubt. I call it the Catalina Wine Mixture of SWAT events. But, um, uh, well, hey, it's awesome. Take it up. Seven distinct events that you should be good at for being on SWAT team, right? That, that, that got you, huh? Yeah. And so we're here with another episode of Whiskey Wednesdays. First Zoom one, joined by Thomas. Is it pronounced Tardo? Tardo, T-A-R-D-O. Thomas Tardo out in South Carolina, which is why we're Zooming you in. And Thomas, can you tell us a little bit about you? your background and what you've kind of sprung up today before we dive all the way into Valkyrie? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm from the mountains of North Carolina. I uh, lived there about half my life. And then I uh, went, went came here to South Carolina, uh, got into the fire service, loved it, uh, joined the military in 2011. It was hard to get on anywhere full-time for a fire department. So uh, joined the military, uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, my whole career, awesome place. And then uh, came back and got on full time for the city of Greenville Fire Department. Nice. Such a nice place out there that you had to go back to South Carolina, huh? Absolutely. Uh, it's halfway in between uh, up north and down south, so it's uh, the perfect mix. And what are you drinking there for the show? Uh, we got some uh, Horse Soldier. Awesome backstory to Horse Soldier. They, uh, the metal molds they make, well, you know, it's from the, uh, the ODA team who went to Afghanistan. But the uh, the metal molds they make are from the uh, steel from the Twin Towers on 9-11. Oh, that's awesome. So, so it's a veteran company, which definitely awesome to support. Uh, the original story of the uh, 12 Strong, the ODA team in Afghanistan, just a, a geek story. And it was one of those guys who uh, came up with the company, I believe. That's awesome. I've been trying to get and hoping to get a bottle, hopefully soon, especially for this show. I'm not drinking anything as cool, but probably just as tasty. It's uh, Engine 49 bourbon whiskey from Dry Diggins, which is kind of not too far away from where I live. So long distance. Cheers to you, man. Thanks for being here. When you're uh, enlisted, it was enlisted, right? Yep. And what were you doing in the service? So only wanted to uh, join to be airborne infantry. Didn't want to be anything else. And uh, all the infantry, you go to bedding. It's uh, OSIT, which is one-stop unit training. Uh, go through, then you go through airborne school, and then uh, you get assigned to your your duty station. So I went to Fort Bragg, awesome place. They call it center of the universe. Um, but I loved it there. It was great. And then there, I was in the airborne infantry unit. Uh, we deployed twice. Nice. Um, RC South, RC East. So it was OEF twelve, OEF uh, fourteen. But it was just a, a lifetime of friends, a lifetime of opportunities. I have nothing good to say about the service. You know, you hear some people <laughs> say they hate it and it sucked, but I loved every every minute of it, and uh, that's. Yeah. You know, I, I often get asked, you know, hey, why didn't you stay in? Why didn't you retire? I, you know, I was big on wanting a family. I was about to come up on those uh, drill sergeant orders out of Fort Benning. You have to go once you become a uh, staff sergeant. You got to have uh, that time, the uh, broadening assignment. So either drill sergeant or recruiter. Both of those would have sucked. So, uh, you know, I enjoyed the time I had there at Bragg. Definitely pulled you away from what you were doing. Um, thanks for your service, man. I appreciate it. So do many others out there. 
Um, so what are you doing now, now that you're out? What have you gotten into? So once I got out, I came back to Greenville, South Carolina, and it was straight, uh, straight from getting out to starting with Greenville City with one day in between. I had to drop a uh, drop, job packet to, uh, to accept the job at Greenville. No. Uh, went to Greenville City Fire Department. Great place, uh, great city, great fire department. And uh, it wasn't long after that, I did a uh, forceful entry class for a uh, SWAT team. And as you know, you know, forceful entry is the fire service breaching is the military and law enforcement and put on a good class for them. They're like, bro, you need, why, why don't you do this full time? And I was like, well, I got a good job at Greenville. So that's where kind of Valkyrie started from was that breaching class. And uh, what I tell people is it's a beautiful mix between military master breacher and fire department forceful entry, making that beautiful, weird baby that works. <laughs> Just being a, being, you know, what you do. Yeah. So is that a full-time job now? It's, it's Valkyrie Solutions, right? Oh, uh, Valkyrie Tactical Solutions, yeah. Valkyrie Tactical Solutions. And is that a, a full-time job? Or are you doing it on the side of uh, all your fire gig right now? Or It's uh, it's definitely a full-time job, but it's, uh, it's a part-time job. So uh, I talked to someone. It might have been you earlier about just balance, right? Was that you? Uh, sounds like me. Sounds like you. But the, uh, the balance of... Working a full-time job at the city of Greenville Fire Department. Um, working you know, as a business owner and then being a family man. And learning how to balance those three to where, you know, it's hard to run a business, work a full-time job, and be a dad, and be honest with yeah. But uh, figuring out how to balance and kind of getting in that niche has been uh, the key, I guess, to make it happy. So you've you've got three things going. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot. A lot more uh, little fires going on, but three main things, you know, the, uh, if, if I'm not busy enough, the coordinator for the 9-11 Memorial Stair Climb for Greenville City. Jeez. So every, every year we do a huge climb in honor of the, uh, all those who fall under 9-11. That's uh, really I, cool, man. It's a, it's, it's a, it hits home. It means a lot. Yeah. It's a big event, especially, uh, being a firefighter and then being in the military and just you know, everybody who died and. That is, 9-11 still hits home for me. And uh, it's an impactful event, and all the money raised goes to families up in uh, New York City for PDM. That's awesome. So can so people, like, jump online and do yearly donations or whatever when, once that thing kicks off? So we push for a sponsorship, and we have some great sponsors who uh, get on board for that. But then you can sign up to climb. So you climb the equivalent of 110 floors. Uh, we used to do it in the landmark building, which is the tallest building around in the upstate. And, uh, we started doing after COVID started doing the stadium. So, uh, Greenville drive as a baseball stadium, you know, it was easy just to, uh, climb up and down the stadium stairs. Okay. And, uh, it worked out great. People loved it because they could sit in the arena and support their family, support their friends. Sponsors loved it. Uh, so overall it just became a big event just downtown and every year it's just it's a lot, but preparing for that, we have yeah. a good committee team that kind of helps out. And, uh, it's something I love doing every year. That's really cool. And I, and I heard you also run like the breaching Olympics or something like that for firefighters. So, uh, hasn't, hasn't rolled out the firefighters yet, but for SWAT teams, we do a, uh, the breachers alley, Okay, which would be like the Olympics of breaching for them, but, uh, lining up a, um, bunch of different doors and they have to just bypass them. So we teach uh level one, level two, level three breaching for the company, but having that 
aspect or like the SWAT competition or SWAT challenge is really testing your breacher because like I can't emphasize enough why breaching is one of the most important jobs on the team. If you can't get into the objective, you're not going to complete the mission. Yeah. So, um, you know, we push emphasis on you got to have a breacher. You got to have a backup breacher. You got to have another breacher. So that plan A, B, and C, you know, we talk about pace plans, right? Say so just having those plans into place, knowing how to get through and get to your objective and, uh, a big series of doors where you have to use your mind, uh, get through different things from bolt cutters and everything you normally carry. So bolt cutters, rams, uh, are your basic. And then your halogen work. A lot of people are still weak on halogen work, but using your mechanical advantage. And that's something the power department does an amazing job at with force flantry. Yeah. And now you're rolling that to the tactical environment. So I remember the military, our halogen sucked. It was that, uh, Blackhawk halogen bar that has real thick ads. Everything's just thick and doesn't fit in the jam right. And yep. that's what that, a lot of law enforcement has right now. Um, so it's really putting the right tools in their hand and getting a, a beautiful play bar halogen that's 30 inches and the ads are shaved down and they can fit in the door and they see the difference. They're like, wow. just And that's something simple to introduce to law enforcement. And then just everything else. So building onto those uh, skills, uh, ballistic breaching, using a shotgun, how to properly do it. Which everybody loves shotgun stuff. Oh, who doesn't um, love shotguns? The uh, saw word. So I love uh, I love saws. When I went when I went there and breaching in the military and firebomb and stuff, you know, you talk about your saws or those heavy ass K twelve saws that are gas powered. They're loud. They're small engines which never work when you need them to. Uh, there's a lot of maintenance on them. So a lot of teams are used to this. A lot of you know old school SWAT guys who really stood They're the foundation of a lot of SWAT teams. They, they're the guys who stood up their teams, their tactical teams at their law enforcement agencies. And uh, that's all they know. Yeah. So the newer tools in their hands and saying, hey, check out this battery operated DeWalt K9 where it's, you know, battery, you know, battery powered. It's power on demand. You don't have to crank it up and let it run in the yard and everybody hears it. You can have that charger in the Bearcat or in the armored vehicle. So... Everything's just a lot easier, a lot uh, lighter and easier to carry. And just the way we're going with newer tools and newer techniques and tactics is, is the key. Is just our saying at Valkyries are only good as your last objective. Oh, yeah. That's super yeah. smart. It's not hanging your hat on legacy. You have a lot of a lot of dudes who have done cool shit in their past, but we, we can cuss on here, right? Oh, honestly. <laughs> Thank God. We're, we're already drinking, dude. We're age-restricted, so you're good. Thank God. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people live off legacy, but you're only good as your last objective. So it doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is how you put it into place, how you train other people and pass on to the next generation, how you how you apply it to your, to your team and yourself. And, you know, we tell people team above self. So a lot of just basic skills and be a good dude is our, our foundation. Yeah, you're not, you're going to be dead in the water if you're not grown. If you're Absolutely. operating off a of legacy, I mean, you're you're already shooting yourself in the foot. You're behind the game. You, you said most teams are already using ads and stuff. I mean, I'm out in California on a SWAT team, and we just got introduced to using the ads tool. It, we had never used it before and how simple it was to, and how effective it was to get through a door. We actually teamed up with, um, Chuck Ferry, a guy out here. I think you know Chuck. He's probably talked to you on the phone. Yeah. Dude. He, uh, his forcible entry course we went through and it like blew my mind how simple yeah. it was. Cause 
I mean, they hand us a ram or a pick, and we would tr- try our best to get through a door. And fortunately for for myself, every time I came across a door that I had to go into, I could get through it with a a ram or a pick. But he put us in front of doors that were likely to run into, yeah. and I had never seen in my career on the team, like out in the real world. And once he put us in front of that, I was like. You have to show me to get through this. This ram's not working. I hit it 15 plus times. This door's not opening. What can I do? Yeah, and that's awesome. Showed us the ads work, and I was like, "This is insane! Like, how is this not a tool that we're using more?" And so we've we've definitely adapted it into our training and made it a part of what we're doing now. Uh, and I love to see progression, man. The uh, and well, traditionally we've seen the biggest guy on the team with the ram and just you know the hammer to the nail solution. They say he's beat the shit out of it until the door opens. Yep. I know. I mean, you're compromised after the third in, right? So it's used, as you said, using that ads work, that mechanical advantage of 15 to one. And wow, yeah, you don't have to apply that much. Or we know that on commercial buildings, they're going to have outward swinging doors because that's fire code. So those little nuggets of information you can give a SWAT team and give the breachers. And, you know, we talk about size up, you know, we ask the breachers, hey, when does your size up on a door start? And, you know, oh, yeah, when we get there, not. Even before the call out, if you pre-plan, know your area, know your high target places, you can do a pre-plan there, which firefighters are awesome at. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know the building, you know the layout, you know because it's a high value target area that you've already done your walkthrough with the team. And that's all just stuff that's great for team life. It's, hey, one day for training, let's go around, check out different buildings, check out schools, check out churches, check out any big businesses or large arenas where, hey, there could be an active shooter or acts of violence call. And you know the layout, you know the building, you know how to get in, you know what the back door looks like, that there's knox box. You know, that's a new concept for law enforcement too, or knox boxes, where the firefighters have the key to the master keys of the building. Out here, we luckily have a knox key for everywhere. It's like, I just call it the key to the city. Every gate, same key. That's amazing. Um, you, uh, oh man, you mentioned something that I wanted to kind of dive into, but man, I'm blanking. So kind of walk me through, you, you came out of the military, you fire, you run a training, a breaching training, and all of a sudden, is that when Valkyrie Tactical Solutions was born? And if so, where has it grown to now? So, okay, great question. The, uh, so I always say about Valkyrie saved me, man. The, uh, getting out of the military, I definitely miss, I still miss it. I miss it every single day, but, uh. You can tell I still definitely have a fire for it. I love it. But being able to take Valkyrie and still do cool shit and train people and continue that legacy where your only good is your last objective and to put the right tools in people and the right training. So, you know, as you know, Valkyrie decided who live and who die in battle, right? They, they carry the slain to Valhalla where they drink and fight for eternity, which is, which is badass. But uh, with the right training, you can live and fight forever. So that's kind of our aspect is... Hey, we're gonna we're gonna bust ass. We're gonna trade hard. We're gonna do good, realistic, challenging training. Where you know we talk about stress inoculation, and that's everything Valkyrie's kind of formed around is not just BS check the box training. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna get in there and we're gonna push you. And you should see how far you can push yourself and push your guys and where where are their breaking points and and how do they perform under stress? Because if I can push stress in a controlled environment, then you're gonna perform that much better, you know, under objective. Um. So it started with the breaching class, and then we we did a lot of you know medical classes because even at, even as an infantry you know, infantryman, 
everybody had to be good at medical. So even though we had a platoon doc, you still have to be good at medical because you can't always rely on your medic. And that's what we push to teams is everybody on the SWAT team should be, you know, have TCC or TCCC. Because not always doc, you know, doc isn't always a solution. Just like for law enforcement, SWAT's not always a solution. So um, like they our, kind of... our team, speaking on that, it's like our TAC medic may sit in, you know, a safe environment, maybe in our armored vehicle. And if we have multiple, they'll probably be staged around wherever we're working. But they're not going to be through the door with us. And if something happens once we make entry through the door or somewhere building or maybe it's right upon entry it's like you may take something and go you may be the one that knows and you got to do it yourself or maybe your partner knows he can start doing buddy care and stabilize you until it's clear enough to where they can either get you out or bring a medic to you and exactly you never know and how long that time is there's the yeah that's as tough as you know dispatches or communications there's always a you know a gap right communications are always the downside so we're not on the same platform of communication for EMS, fire, police. Um, yeah. Somebody goes down, there's that delay. Is it clear to enter? Are they safe to enter? So as you said, yeah, you need to know how to save yourself, save your buddy. And uh, it goes on from there. Self-care, buddy care. So you got a breaching class, med classes. I saw online you also offer um, like active shooter readiness courses. So the, uh, you know, definitely proud of that is, uh, with all the active shooter stuff too, we, we're kind of the first to help spearhead the county. So getting a formal county SOP, uh, I was proud to be, you know, part of that. And I was, I was honored to be part of that is taking a, something that's been hard to do traditionally is count, to get everybody on the same playing field for a county is hard yeah. because I call it the sandbox rule, right? Everybody in the sandbox, nobody likes to play along. Nobody likes to play together. Everybody wants to be king. They did a great job in Spartanburg County. Um, we got the sheriff's department, uh, the police department, EMS, dispatch, everybody on the same page, emergency management, to where we all sat down, we met, we talked about, hey, what needs to happen? What are our objectives? How can we come together? Uh, we had somebody from North American Rescue come in since that's right here in Greenville County. And they sat on it. And uh, they were like, bring... You know, I've been all around the country and this is probably top, top five with you guys spearheading how it should be because there's, I call it bridging the gap, right? Everybody wants to do their own thing active shooter wise, but that, that's not where things go wrong. They go wrong, you know, military, we call, we call it a car, a combined arms rehearsal. And that's where everybody sits around the table and you talk about your piece of the pie. And that's what we don't do across America. Everybody is so proud of what they do. But it's when you do multi-agency training is where you really figure stuff out. And, you know, we take, you can be the best police department in the world and talk about active shooter and how you're the contact team. But then we need to be rescue task force. Are you used to that, you know, having a principal? Are you used to that guardian angel mindset to where now you're a security team, you're not on the, uh, you're not assaulting through the objective and you have a, you know, people in the middle of you to worry about. Are you used to communicating with them, moving people who are unarmed? So it's a whole different aspect, and it's truly when you work together is where you find the stuff out. Um, Can you float between each position? Like, are you yeah, humble absolutely. enough to be like, hey, typically I'm the one running and gunning and kicking doors, but now we need you to be security or sentry and pushing uh, an RTF, and you're just rolling with firefighters, and you're running in, running out. 
as they're grabbing people or stabilizing yeah. it on placement in the next, that's what you get. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, guys, I get it. It sucks. Everybody wants to be on the gun. And, you know, I call it moth light syndrome, right? You see it. We talk about in the Army going through your LOA, and everybody has their sector of fire. But everybody wants to be on that kill shot, but you can't. You, you have to stay in your lane. You got to know your job. And I, I get it. Being a security element for an RTF team is not what you want to do. But it's so vital because you're saving lives. Because your contact team, you're just stepping over bodies. Their only job is to, you know, march to the sound of gunfire, eliminate the threat. Um, so, yeah, and RTF teams, get in there and save lives. That That's stop the dying. That's, that's their main objective. And you got to really preach them and sell them on why that's so important. Man, I totally understand the whole role of being secured. I mean, I did four years in the Air Force, and that wasn't my choice. So... My whole job, man, as security forces was being security for the third most important building in the world. And all I wanted to do was be in the army and be infantry or be in the Marines. Yeah. And my wife was like, nope. Thanks, honey. Yeah. It's like the military was a no. And I was like, hey, you know, last, like last shot, babe. Uh, I could be in the Air Force and they never do anything. And she went, all right, if you need to go in that bad, you could do. Hey, compromise, right? Yeah, we definitely know who the boss is in my family. It's that's what I mean. six. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, do Valkyrie Solutions sounds awesome, and it sounds like you got a ton of stuff going on with it. I gotta ask before we keep diving into it, what like rank or position are you within your fire department? Because it sounds like Valkyrie is a huge piece of what's going on in your life, and I can't really. I kind of imagine you being still like an entry level spot because there's so much going on at this other job, but I feel like you're going to surprise me and tell me you're like a captain or something. No, so that would be amazing. But uh, <laughs> I originally became a lieutenant and the ship training officer. So, Holy. oh, not a captain, maybe just a step down at the lieutenant. So, probably, yeah, my wife actually, you now. you're probably busier as a lieutenant than the captain because, the, you know. From the top down, dude, they're telling the captain what to do, and you're just like, hey, I got a bunch of lieutenants that can do all that. I'm pretty much. The, uh, we, we all work great together. It's been a it's been a good transition, but what I something I learned a long time ago was you need to be in the position and own it when you're there. So when I'm at Greenville, that's the only focus. Um, not worried about Valkyrie while I'm there. Um, when I'm home, I worry about being home and try not to worry about anything else. So that's the balance that took me a while, and I'm glad that, it did take me over six years to move up to lieutenant at Greenville City because that that helped. You know, I have 17 years total in the fire service. Wow. Uh, but it's important to earn your spot. So not going in Greenville and automatically being like, well, I've been in the fire service 17 years. I've been an officer. I've been, I'm a trained officer at, you know, this other fire department. No, it's earn your spot uh, just like everybody else. So I'm glad that uh, that transition period where I did learn to how to balance time more. And as I said, when I'm there, I'm there. I'm focusing on uh, ship training, focusing on, you know, my crew being lieutenant. And what we tell everybody is, hey, we're going to be the best crew. We're going to be the best truck, the best station, the best shift. That will roll into being the best fire department. And uh, it's all about being proud of who you are and whose you are. So when I'm home, I, you know, if I'm a day off, I, I say in a day off, but by two days off of the uh, fire department, you work 24, you're off 48 where we're at. And the two days I'm off during the week, I work Valkyrie during the daytime and then I pick up kids 
then from that time period of picking up kids, getting home, cooking dinner, cleaning up, putting them to bed. And that's all family life. And then after that, after they go to bed, I work on the Valkyrie stuff. So uh, preparing for this SWAT challenge, I've been up to like 3 a.m. every night, just working, trying to push out products. But uh, yeah, man, just just give and take where you can. It's funny hearing you say you have a day off. It's definitely no off time. Uh, so the, uh, the weekends, I try to take it. That's good. That's good. So over at Valkyrie, you got the breaching, the self-aid buddy care or, or medical classes, TCCC. You have um, your active shooter readiness courses. Do you offer anything else? Yeah, we, uh, and, you know, we, we customize a lot of stuff to, you know, even though we, we cover a lot, we do a lot. We, uh, a lot of the active shooter stuff, unified command uh, scenarios. We do first aid and CPR, all that. Boom. You know, we, along with that active threat is like church security. Um, we've done a couple security side assessments where we've kept, come to a business and check their vulnerabilities. Words are hard right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's that whiskey. We, that whiskey talk. But, uh, and we've enjoyed that, but we, we customize stuff, whatever the clients need is. So a lot of the times they'll come up and say, Hey, can you guys do this? And be like, yeah, absolutely. Let's put something together. Uh, one of, one of my favorite classes, uh, we went, flew all the way up to right near Detroit, Michigan and did a Thames class, which is a uh, tactful EMS and it's training SWAT medics. And that, that was awesome. That sounds really cool. Uh, one of my, another one of my favorite classes we do is canine TECC. So. Uh, there's an awesome instructor in South Carolina and we, you know, let me go back a little bit, but we're, you're also only as good as your team. So we, you know, we surround ourselves with the best instructors and how lucky that we have the team that we have. And that, that's what makes Valkyrie. That's what makes Valkyrie so good. Uh, I tell people all the time, it's not Thomas trying to teach everything to everybody. It's putting the aces in its places, putting the right people there, the right instructors, the right cadre. And that's why we're so successful. So it's not me, I, you know, I'm more of a tactician, but it's having those people in there that know the job, that are experts in their job. So with the uh, medical aspect, we have a chief medical instructor and that's Corey Allen. He's um, with South Carolina National Guard. He's been the, you know, with them forever. Uh, he's a lot of the training for South Carolina, but he heads up our medical aspect. And we also have Shane Himes out of uh, Mount Pleasant just jam up and both of those guys are just the best at what they do. They're both combat medics, uh, for the national guard. Uh, Shane started a, uh, canine TCC and he, he leads the way in South Carolina where, uh, his agency and around there in Mount Pleasant, they're pushing drugs to dogs in the field, which is amazing. So something happens to a dog, you know, he's already worked with vet clinics, worked with his metal medical director to where. They can sedate a dog, and that's that's what you need. But, you know, you have canine injury. Uh, just focusing on the point of injury, point of care to how to getting them to that definitive care. So he's got a two-day class that uh, we stay busy with. We go all over the state. Uh, people want us out of state yet, but we're not ready to travel our canine team out of state. Yeah. But um, it's it's awesome, man. I, I, love, I love doing that. It's an awesome class. We have uh, another instructor that just came on board who is, has a career full of uh, being a canine uh, handler and canine medical stuff. So it's, once again, the team. Uh, law enforcement is uh, Nolan Brewer. He's a uh, jam-up officer. He's, you know, a lot of SWAT experience, a lot of uh, law enforcement experience, but what they bring to the table really is what pushes us. And I call that, the you know, our core cadre. Yeah. Are those 
Yes. That's a really big, cool. Big Valkyrie. Yeah. That's awesome, man, to see you guys are growing that much. That kind of leads me into my next question was it sounds like you're doing it two days or, or more a week possibly. So when you're not there, like what's your em- employee or employment look like over Valkyrie Tactical Solutions? So they're uh, like like private contractors, right? So they, oh, right now, you know, until we become just a lot more steady is when, when we have a job that they come on, they teach, and they get paid for that job. So we don't have anybody besides myself who's full-time in the office or full-time doing anything else. But ultimately, my five-year plan is I would love to have a facility, love to where people can be there and teach and just a lot more full-time positions or part-time positions to where they stay busy with it. Right now, it's as busy as we want it to be, which is also a good thing is, you know, with how busy life is, is figured out where you can slot classes, how busy you want to be, but it's still, still pretty steady. So do you guys have a training location or are you using a lot of spaces that you maybe rent out? So uh, we're, we're hundred percent mobile right now. We have a uh, trailer so we can deliver classes anywhere. So we travel all around, which is good because right now we go a lot in Richland County, which Columbia is the uh, capital of South Carolina. So we're in uh, Richland County a lot. Uh, we travel all over the upstate, uh, travel out to the beach. So we, we do a lot all over the state. So it's a good thing right now that we are mobile. We don't have any overhead of a uh, being stationary. Okay. So uh, that's that's the good thing for Valkyrie. Nice. So, Thomas, you're saying you guys are mobile, uh, just kind of rocking it out of the trailer. Are you just mobile within your county or are you mobile within the entire state of South Carolina? Uh, we're honestly mobile within the U.S. So, oh, sweet. Uh, even though we, we travel, we do most everything in-state, in uh, still having those options like when, when we went to uh, Michigan, which is awesome. Uh, we have places right now, uh, some quotes out to Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. Uh, so hopefully we can go there. Uh, we've been working with two agencies out of Georgia. So uh, hopefully seeing this expand is, is going to be awesome. Uh, definitely would love to get out to the West Coast. And how long have you been getting after it as Valkyrie Tactical Solutions? Uh, officially since 2014. Okay. Did you expect to see? Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, 2016. Okay. So six years coming on seven years? Yeah. Did you expect to see this much growth and this much expansion? No. So, you know, I, you know, I honestly, it was a, uh, a hobby at first to where, uh, you know, I say, uh, I love doing it. It's fun, but uh, it's just cool to see it expand. It's cool to see the, uh, our instructors in our cadre who love teaching, getting in their element. Uh, the fact that, you know, what Valkyrie gives them and how they take pride in, in the company. And that, that just amazes me every time, just how much. I mean, I don't want to say hope, but how much, you know, this enjoyment people get out of Valkyrie. And then on the flip side, the people that you're teaching and training, how they're taking it and the positive things they're saying and how it affects them. And after you teach a class, you hear somebody come up and be like, hey, we uh, we saw a gunshot victim and we, you know, we're putting chest seals on and move back. And you're like, man, that's awesome. That's really cool. It's cool hearing, hearing stories like that and knowing that, hey, maybe we can save a life. Maybe we can teach somebody just enough to know make a difference so is it like your goal to one day have like a facility to do all this in or are you wanting to stay as mobile as you are 
Oh, uh, I would, I would love to, the, I think the secret for us is being mobile and I do want to, you know, definitely have a facility over time. I mean, every, you want, you need that headquarters, right? Yeah. Where you're, for where you're at, um, you can stick stuff there locally, have, you know, just local trading, but ultimately I do want to go just more mobile and kind of loosely base our business plan off of uh, Blackwater. Oh, but nice. loose, loosely. Who are they? They disappeared, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? That'd be really cool. It's also a cool idea that most of your instructors are just contracted in. So it kind of takes a little bit of headache and work off of you. And these guys get to come and do a lot of awesome stuff with a, it sounds like you've assembled a really group of guys, a group of cadres yeah. to make a really awesome team. Absolutely. They definitely, uh, they definitely make it and they enjoy what, what they're doing. And of course, you know, hopefully we'll get busier and busier and they can get as much work as they want. We can grow our, uh, grow our team even more. We have a lot of people, uh, that we hit up just depending on, you know, we have a sniper who's still in the military. Uh, he comes out and teaches. We have a couple of guys uh, in the old special operations world. They came out and they, they come out and teach every once in a while. So we have a good, a good pull of people. And that's one of the cool things about the military is, especially with group guys, with airborne guys, I know we can easily select like-minded individuals who have that same teaching methodology, who aren't hard to be like, hey, this is what we do. This is why we do it. And all sync together on how we train. And that's big is having the same, the same mindset and the same way we teach. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of what we look for in our team. So we're, all, we're always expanding, always looking for more cadre. And it's cool, like this big event, this big SWAT event coming up, just all the people that come in and make it happen. So it definitely, you know, I say it takes a, takes a village and it truly does. There's a lot of people who make the SWAT, the SWAT challenge happen, who come in from lane runners to running, you know, lay, uh, running live fire ranges to all the specialized courses that we do within this challenge. Uh, Paul Heats, he's uh, controlled chaos tactics. Awesome dude. He's a career, uh, group guy. He got out a whole career of uh, special forces and he's a wealth of knowledge. He's an older guy, has a get together, as I said, is a plethora of knowledge. And even though he owns his company, we still have, you know, same ideas, like-minded dudes that we're always, you know, getting together and it's always good to drink and share ideas and we support each other's business. Yeah. I was going to ask, ask you if he drank whiskey, cause yeah. he'd be a fun guy to talk to on the show. Definitely need him on the show. He didn't hit. It'd be awesome. Um, when is that like big SWAT event you guys are holding? Next week. And how many how many teams do you expect to show up? So, you know, it's always always one more. This is only the second year we've been doing the SWAT challenge. It's only six teams right now, but as I said, every year it gets bigger and better. The uh, a lot of a lot of excuses of teams not wanting to do it, and as I said, they're they're excuses. Where if you want to be there, you're going to be there, right? You're going to find a reason to be there. Um, kind of, kind of let down how many teams make excuses of why they can't be there. I think at the end of the day, people are scared of failure, and you're you're the best unless you're challenged, right? So, the uh, the teams that want to be there I have nothing but great things to say about them. The um, two teams out of Georgia are uh, Georgia Department of Corrections. Who, they're hungry. They have a TRT team who are eager to get there and learn and train and compete. You have a uh, Metro, uh, North Metro, which is right above Atlanta. Another, uh, awesome team out of Georgia. 
GM of guys, they came last year. They win last uh, year? <laughs> no, they didn't win. Yeah, the winners of last year were Greenville County. GM of, GM of team. They're coming back to oh. defend the title. And uh, everybody who came last year absolutely loved it. Nothing but good things to say. Uh, Sparnberg City SWAT team, they're coming back. They were there last year. Great group of guys. We worked with them a lot. And they, they have their shit together. Great team. Uh, Chester County, he's another great team where, hey, they're, at first, I think they were newer, but they were eager to get there, and they did awesome. They, uh, they were on point. All the, uh, all the operators there were jam up. And Anderson County is joining us this year. So they're, uh, this will be their first year. There's no doubt they're going to love it and come back. But the coolest thing is you have all these alpha teams, you know, these, these spearheaded people where everybody's leaving their ego at the door. Uh, your teams are getting together. People are focusing on the camaraderie and uh, just brotherhood, which is awesome. I, was, uh, I wasn't I was sure what to think last year, getting all these people together. I was like, man, they're going to be bitching and fighting. But uh, they did good, man. Loaning each other gear if they had to. But just that one place where you can share tactics, ideas, your bunch of like-minded individuals at that same spot, it just turned out to be great. And we added a day from last year. So last year, we only had two days for the challenge. And we called it a competition last year. So we changed the name to challenge to be less intimidating for some teams. But uh, they loved it. I mean, down to, we have this thing called the pit. It's uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu instruct instructors who whooped around for three minutes. And then they, they loved it. One of, the, one of the biggest guys on the team last year from Atlanta. He's a, a wall of a dude. Came back grinning ear to ear, all just muddy, looking like he got drugged through the ringer. He was like, bro, that was awesome. He said, I had this squirrely on my back for like three minutes, wearing me out. And uh, it's awesome. And they, they tell you they're not there to embarrass you. They're not there to hurt you. But they are there to give you that realistic training where if you're in law enforcement, you need to be good at grappling. That's something we did. We did combatives in the military and combatives. Combatives Fridays to where you need to be, you need to have that warrior mindset. You need to be good at taking the fight to the ground. And more than ever now, if you're law enforcement, you need to know how to fight. Um, so especially going into, it might be the fight of your life. Then on the flip side to where everything isn't you know, lethal, right? So knowing how to fight, knowing how to grapple is imperative so taking that aspect and putting in the SWAT challenge was awesome man this team of eight from a uh, high performance gym are just jam up jam up dudes who love bjj and who are good at it and love training law enforcement so it works nice so what diving into now the like almost SWAT olympics i want to call it what yeah. uh what events are held over the three days I, I honestly thought it was just like breaching. You just, yeah, it's not, breaching, yeah, it's, but it sounds like there's, you have shoot houses, BJJ yeah. stuff, breaching. What, what's to expect over the three days? Soon it's going to be the CrossFit games, the SWAT, it sounds like. No doubt. Hey, no doubt. I call it the Catalina wine mixer of SWAT events. But, um, but, um, hey, it's awesome. Take it up. Seven distinct events that you should be good at for being on SWAT team, right? That, that that got you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All I'm going to do is like selling helicopters and there's something about your face. I don't like. All about your bait. Just... <laughs> hey, buy me a drink, man. 
know, but uh, so Cavalier Wanamaker or Swanamans. Ten. But it's uh, it's awesome. So taking seven distinct events that you should be good at being on a SWAT team, and a lot of them is it's not just us reaching out there just picking it out of our imagination. You go up NTOA standards, right? So if you're on a SWAT team, you should be good at, and hey, you'd be surprised at how many teams bitched about running an O course, right? Oh, we don't, we don't run. You need to have the endurance. <laughs> That's like taking your, your top tier people in the military. They PT their ass off, right? I mean, you take your favorite sports team, they PT their ass off. So this isn't, it's something where a lot of uh, places, you know, they're, they're entitled or they feel like they don't have to earn it, but you need to be physically in shape. And it goes to where, hey, when the adrenaline's hitting to where you're, I can't, you're not running all over the place. Got it. You're hitting your objective. But you need to have the stamina and the mental and physical toughness to push on. So oh, yeah. the O course was important for that. Uh, also seeing how your team holds up, you know, when you're tired and on edge or you guys pulling together as a team or you're falling apart. So that's why we wanted to have the O course. Oh, the BJJ thing, fighting, is another aspect we thought, hey, it was very important. A lot of, at first, when we first were talking about it, teams were like, well, how, how are you going to grade that? Well, we're not. You're just going to have three minutes to where you get your... So, so it's that physical endurance, right? After the O course, you do a uh, team repel, which you'd have, a, surprisingly, had a lot of teams like, well, we don't repel. All right, I get it. But once again, if you follow those NTOA standards and you need to learn how to repel to be on a team, it's not something you do a lot as a SWAT team. I got it. It's that cool guy. But knowing how to repel, having that tool in the toolbox where, you know, can you really call yourself a tier one SWAT team if you don't repel? No, you can't. So uh, for teams that don't repel, we have the workshop the day before where they go through the class. We teach them how to repel. We talk about gear and about options, about lowering devices, uh, whether you use an eight or a lowering, you know, a lowering to send device. Um, Cordises, rope, tied anchors. You talk about it, they do all of that. And uh, incorporating that to where we have military repel masters and fire department rescue techs. Wow. So we're there to really teach and train more than a competition. That's what we tell people is, hey, it's not just a competition. Um, each lane has a certain time allotted. So if you do what you need to do in that lane, so let's say repelling. If you have an hour to get your team through the repelling portion and do in 10 minutes, Guess what? That 50 minutes is training time now to where you can get other guys, your team to repel. You can talk about stuff. You can talk about or try new things. Your time portion stop when you completed your task, uh, which I love that aspect. Uh, another one is the uh, best medic portion, which is awesome. Uh, you know, this year it's called Doc's Proving Grounds where, you know, he's a sadistic who's It's just, just busting their ass, but it's going to be awesome. It's uh, the whole stress inoculation. Can you do your job under stress, under pressure, just like you do for Army combat medics? I know we put our medic through the rear. Our platoon medic was just put him through the rear. And because of that, he was a better medic, right? But that same mentality. Uh, we have a best sniper portion, which is exciting. And that's a whole other can of worms, too. A lot of people were like, oh, the, the law enforcement, we only 80 meters is max. So, okay, cool. But that's a designated marksman, not a sniper. If you're going to call yourself a sniper, you need to know your weapon capabilities. You need to know how to reach out and touch somebody, how far you, know, what, how far you can push it. So there's a lot more to know about being a sniper. And 
a designated marksman. Sounds like you so, got some city folk over there. Sniper rifle. Rifle. I mean, I'm. Uh, I know I'm from California, but we're out in the country, man. Our snipers are like often shooting like yeah. seven hundred to a thousand, and probably over a thousand. Sometimes. That's awesome. Like California, you know, there's a little country out here. Yeah. Everybody believes that we're just like a surf town in a bunch of cities, and we want you to think that, so you kind of stay away from our little slices of heaven out in the mountains. Dang. No, that's awesome, man. Then, yeah. I mean, but still in a city, you have skyscrapers, you have high-rises to where are you on a building, shooting from rooftop to rooftop or from window to window? Um, are there crosswinds? There's a lot of stuff you got to figure into where there's a lot to being a sniper. And that's why we always bring in somebody who specializes because I could be Thomas telling you how to, you know, I'm good at long shooting, but I'm not a sniper. Except for, it's not going to be Thomas trying to bullshit you and be like, oh, I'll tell you guys some sniper. No, it's, we're going to have somebody who's the best at what they do. And this year I'm excited. We have uh, a guy from, uh, gosh, he's from Night Force Optics, but he was at uh, 175, so uh, 75th Ranger Regiment and was a sniper. Bat dude. He's going to run the sniper line. That'll be awesome. So once again, all about putting your aces in your places, right? We have a guy named Sean from Elven Rescue who's doing the repelling portion. Once again, the best of what he does. So I love being able to have these instructors in these positions who can excel and who just do amazing work. Uh, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructors, no, nobody better to be in the pit than those guys, right? Another one is uh, the best medic. So we have our... Uh, our lead medical instructor, Corey, is going to run that. But we also teamed up with TechLine Trauma. So they'll be there as a sponsor. And they're the ones with all those like $100,000 mannequins, all the uh, those super expensive mannequins that move and squirt blood and do cool shit. They're going to be there. So they're teaming up and helping deliver that best medic portion. There's a uh, CQB lane. So once again, that's going to be Paul and uh, Brewer who run that. But the CQB lane is something you need to be good at so with being... SWAT. Uh, we did hostage rescue last year, but not every team does hostage rescue. So that's why we took that away. Oh, but, but <laughs> that's like, I, it's just, I have a feeling with the way the world's going right. soon, that'll be the only reason why teams may get called out is for right. HRTs. But you're, if you look at your uh, NTOA standards, your TRG teams can't go for hostage rescue. They have to wait for a larger team to come in and deliver that. So it's, it's kind of one of, one of those things. And I think Paul hit it where we got to focus on the basics. Everybody wants to do the cool, wants to do the hostage rescues, but how are you at CQB? If you're garbage in the basics, you need to focus on that before you're talking about coming in and rescuing a hostage. I know we'll say leave it in because you look at just like active shooters. And if you're, if even Valkyrie's trading that, that's just a whole lot of hostages you're up. that you're running in for. Well, I, I like can, it. Right. I can see why you take it out, but I'd be like, hey, if like the top two teams are they're fighting for the title, it's like, okay, now let's see how you do HRT. I like that. I like it. The uh, what else? I go over seven. I don't know. They all blur together right now. Let me see. Did I leave out anything? So what do they get uh -oh. if they win? Is it a belt? They hoist a belt. They get a trophy. Well, they they get a big trophy. Uh, once again, the bragging rights to be in the best SWAT team. You know, best outcome SWAT team. Uh, then a lot of teams, like a lot of sponsors, are throwing in stuff for their prize packages. Nice. So 
we have, uh, we, we got a lot of sponsors this year and a lot of people are just sponsored by donating supplies or items. So, uh, Daniel defense is going to be there. Super excited. Um, so you're going to bring some weapon platforms. They're going to have stuff where the snipers can see new sniper rifles. Uh, this team's to see new weapon platforms. I think, you know, and everybody kind of helps with those winning, winning prizes. Uh, tech line trauma. Hamatro is, uh, do you know Hamatro for fire rescue stuff? They do a lot of rescue tools, so a lot of the uh, new hydraulics and hydraulics are all Hamatro stuff, but they have a whole tactical line, so they're bringing in some uh, hydraulic and hydraulic equipment for uh, tactical stuff. We have uh, people bringing in saws, um, everything from uh, Bottom Line Military Sales, who does um, all the, their largest contract is for Bragg. So the easiest way uh, I got, you know, that their company, I was like, what exactly do you do? If somebody needs a hundred duffel bags for deployment or you know, eight hundred duffel bags for deployment, they call bottom line sale, bottom line military sales, and they they get them. So they do a lot of contract work like that. Uh, Element Rescue is the one doing the repel. Uh, Control Chaos Tactics is Paul will be there supporting. Uh, Night Force Optics is running the sniper lane, so we're excited about that. Nice. Uh, High Performance Gym has all the fighters and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu instructors. Uh, Carolina Tactics Group is a local uh, law enforcement officer. He's uh, awesome. Aaron, he owns uh, three three of those guys run this uh, Carolina Tactics. They're all local law enforcement, but they do a podcast. And uh, if you have a podcast, check it out. CTG Nation. Um, Harrison's is doing all the shirts for the event. So all the shirts for the SWAT event, Harrison's is going to supply them. They're jam up. They're going to be tan this year with the logo. So you're going to have the Master SWAT logo on the front. And then on the back, the Ragnarok is the competition name. So all the names for the uh, challenger on the back. That'd be cool. And then we have all those little ones supporting the event, like 511 Tactical will be uh, throwing in stuff. Uh, Crate Tactical will be throwing in stuff, which do, uh, what does they do? The uh, Steel Target Tree is what uh, Crate Tactical does. Those AR-500 Steel. Uh, Budweiser at Spartanburg donated water. I wish they donated Budweiser, but they uh, donated water. Said uh, the same thing, right? <laughs> hey man, I don't mind good cheap beer. We all drink it because it hydrates all of us. It's delicious. <laughs> the um, yeah, everything from um, Gulf States uh, distribution combined systems, but everybody supporting in, in a piece of the element. So, getting flashbangs, getting simulation rounds. There's there's just so much support to make this event happen, which I'm thankful for. And that's really cool, especially for it only being your second year. It sounds like you've landed a lot of sponsors, and hopefully you see a lot of growth going into next year. Yeah, and these these things, you know, I don't think anybody realizes just how much they cost to put on with all the food and the volunteers and all the breach equipment you have to have. I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on to expenses to make this run. So we try to keep costs down for team as much as we can. So make it to where it's, it's not a profitable event. We tell people it's a, we're not a nonprofit company, but this event is not for profit. Mm-hmm. It's for, you know, pushing out that good information, good need competition. And I'm so believer in competition breeds improvement, right? So getting these teams out, getting these like-minded individuals out to compete, and get better, share ideas and tactics. I kind of want to get my team out there because I think that trophy should sit on the West coast for a while. Hey, come on out, man. It's it's good. We'd love to have you out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, Thomas, what with all the stuff you're doing with 
being a firefighter, running Valkyrie Tactical Solutions, the SWAT stuff, the 9-11 uh, memorials, like everything. What would you say your biggest takeaway is or the best feeling you get from running these things? Honestly, the best feeling I get for running them is knowing what I expect of the agency that's going to be protecting my family. So, the, uh, be, you know, trying to be as family-oriented as I can and say, I expect this level of service for my family. So if I'm at work in, you know, Greenville City, the fire department covered or the law enforcement agency covered, they, they, they should be jam up. I expect them to, right? So that's what I want for my family. And, you know, we always talk about putting them first. You know, my crew is, you know, that's our saying is, you know, putting them first and, uh, you know, realizing why you're in the job that you're in. It. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. You sound like a really humble, selfless kind of guy, and you're doing a lot of selfless work out there. You're you're giving up a lot of time to get a lot of stuff accomplished. Uh, Justin and I, on this end, we host uh, the Gear and Beer Show. We do this Whiskey Wednesday show. Both of them have turned into a very uh, first responder, veteran-dominant um, audience, which we love, and we're really being geared in that direction, and we get... We're getting more and more fans. The subscriber yes. ratio isn't showing that yet, so hopefully people are subscribing. But what could we do as a show or even as a fan base to help you guys over at Valkyrie Tactical Solutions further kind of your mission as to put others before yourself almost? I I, I think you're doing it, honestly. You guys are you guys are back. It's an awesome show. It's been an honor to be part of it. But uh, you know, you're giving veterans a chance to talk about what they do which is cool um but i think you know emphasize on putting them first right because i know when i went when i first went through being in this, as long as we have right when i first went through they tell you some bullshit like hey it's me first and then my partner and then them and you know that's bull you know it's putting them first is, is why we do it everybody who died in the 911 towers they they went in right they went up uh, people who deploy, you know, or you're not deploying for yourself. Uh, best way, best way I heard it, you know, especially with all the, all the BS of Afghanistan, you know, we, we busted over there. We lost you know, a lot, lost a lot of friends. And yeah, some people say, you know, oh, it was all for nothing. I believe, I believe the opposite. I believe that, you know, the U S army or the U S military is an away team, right? We do our best work over there and keeping the war over there because we don't want that war here in the United States. So. You know, trying to try to be an optimist on everything, it helps a lot. It's realizing why you're doing it and then selling to your team. You know, I call it the shipyard theory, right? The owner of the shipyard tells you what boat you're having, what crew you're having, what route you're going, uh, the cargo you're gonna carry. But as a, you know, the captain of that boat, you decide whether it sinks or fail or sinks or floats, right? So you control the morale of that of that boat. You control the morale of your crew. Uh getting their buy, you know, why you're doing it and why it's so important, putting that mission first. So Taking the you know the military mindset and just rolling that out to the to emergency services, I think is huge. That's what I say when the bullets start flying or fire when the fire kicks off, ninety nine percent run away and only that one percent gear up to run towards it. Right. And did even I ask that when I ask you that question, it's like the most selfless answer. It's like just being on the shows enough. So it is. I'll tell people. Sounds like maybe donations and stuff could help dirt. Like the 9-11 rock. Oh.
kettle in a wine mixer and the swaddle things and, and whatever else is to go. I know they can go to your website. You have the ValkyrieTacticalSolutions.com. You have Valkyrie Tactical Solutions on Instagram. People yeah. can go to check out photos of all the cool stuff you guys are doing. I'm just going to steer people towards there. I know you yeah. have a contact us page. I'm sure there's a need our audience or us over the show could fill. And we'd love to just keep this like awesome relationship going. One veteran yeah. to another, one show to you know, another business. That's kind of what we want to do here. So. Thank, I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, uh, dude, this was more than I expected hearing all the stuff you're doing, especially being a lieutenant, and then you have this, and then you have this, and then this. And then somehow you find two days off to spend time with your family, which blows my mind. So, okay. dude. Well, no, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Cheers to you. Cheers to your team over at Valkyrie. Cheers to all the veterans out there, man.